Hey, what's up, guys? It's Elegant E. Shabby in the house. And we here. We just gonna be talking on random and stuff, you know, talking about different things we got on our mind. We was going through a Bible verse um, that we focusing on because we, you know, want to get into it. So y'all could just listen in. Real quick, unfortunately, yesterday we had a, a, a recording going on. And, yeah, we were supposed to have that one up. That was a good one. We was discussing. We had a good discussion on that and got cut off and deleted. But, you know, like, um, you know, we believe just like, you know, our good Vicky, the one that we definitely love, um, the right people will hear it at the right time. So, so as, as, as we, were, we were discussing... You know, um, a verse that was brought to my attention from a young lady that I was, I actually was talking about on the recording that we did that got deleted because we went through a whole nother conversation. I went through another conversation with her and she's brought a lot of things that made me feel like this is like, if she thinks like that, the way she's thinking, what made me go like really in, in the conversation and we will discuss it. Um, how many other people are thinking like that? How many other people are in that realm of thinking? And because of it, you know what I mean? Like, it becomes very effective on a lot of uh, on people when it becomes that majority of people are thinking like that. Majority of people are on a defense of that because I could tell from actions. It's like people are saying one thing like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I understand, but then they'll turn around and do something different. So your actions and what you say don't match up. See, I can understand that mask is a problem, and I'm not going to wear them. You understand? So I'm not going to say mask is a problem, but then walk around with one. I'm going to not wear a mask because I know that it's a problem, so my actions are going to match what I'm saying. So I, I've come across a young lady, like I said. She told me to read um, Psalms 83, she told me to read verse 13, first she told me to read verse 18, and then she told me to read verse 13 to 18, and then she said to me, what do I think about it? So, I'm going to read the verses. So you got Psalms, verse 83, I mean chapter 83, why do I keep saying verse? Chapter 83, verse 13. So it's chapter Psalms, chapter 83, verse 13. So it says, <clears throat> Oh my God, make them like the world. Oh, I must interrupt real quick. I'm reading from the New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. And it's the little green Bible that you're able to walk around. It's like the pocket Bible. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I read the verse, the chapter and the verse from the Bible that I have in my home. And it's it, the, what I've seen in the Bible in my home is not what I'm seeing in this little one. But this is the one I have the reference to. So this is where we're going to go in. So it, we're going back into it. Oh, my God. Make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods, and as the flame sets the mountains on fire. So pursue them with your tempest, and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord. 
Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish. That they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, and, I mean, is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Now, that is the end of the verse. So she told me, <clears throat> she asked me to read that, and what do I think of it? Now, when I'm looking in the uh, in the green book, first of all, the word Jehovah is missing out of this book. And in my book that I have at home, it says in the exact verse from Psalm, because I read you from 13 to 18. So that's why I read all of that. But in the verse 18 itself, it says that they may know that you. And it says in my Bible that I have Jehovah, <clears throat> whose name alone is the Lord. Matter of fact, it says, excuse me. Let me make sure I say this right. I don't have it, so I can't really reference it. But I do believe it says that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord Jehovah, I mean, is Jehovah, the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. <clears throat> but like I said, I know that it says Jehovah in the Bible that I have at home. And the one that's here that I'm reading from, it doesn't have that. Which wording is very important. And the reason why I'm saying that is because she asked me what do I think of it. And when I did look at it, she said, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking is Jay-Z. Because <clears throat> the fact of the matter is that Jay-Z is always hover this, hover that, J-hove, this, that, J-hove, J-hove. <laughs> everything. J-hove, this, that, J-hove, this, that, right? <clears throat> then when me and my daughter looked up why he references himself to Jehovah, is because he's saying that he's the god of music. And he considers himself the god of music, so... Um, look it up so we could probably yeah, put that up too. there. Yeah, you can look it up. <clears throat> you can look it up and we could probably put that up there. But he references it. So it's like, okay, that's the first thing that came to my head. And she asked me what I think. And I'm sitting here like, well, hold up. That's the devil because if Jehovah is who she I'm, and I, I'm, I'm wrong. I could be wrong. You know, I'm just thinking of evil because the fact of the matter is that Jay-Z represents, he worships someone, <clears throat> an evil entity. And that is known. Because he, the things them that he follows is of evilness. Aleister Crawley. And the things them that his beliefs is of evilness. So, I don't think that the things you believe, because, like, people say, like, um, you know, um, but, like, I go back to what you're saying, what you do, you know what I mean? What you're saying and what you're doing is what he says and what he does matches. Like, he wears the clothes that match what he says and how he feels. Like, if he's saying, you know, you look it up, there's things that he references to that match what he says. <clears throat> I mean, what, I mean, that, like, for instance, let me say it. It's things that he references to that matches his accent, his actions. So I'm trying to say, like, what he wears and the clothes that I've seen him in as far as the signs and the symbols that I've seen in the picture online. You understand? We're not talking about all the clothes he wears, okay? 
talking about the shit that I did see because I don't even investigate. I'm not in, interested in him enough to watch every fucking thing he wears. But I'm just talking about the particular shirt that I seen him wearing in reference to Alistair Crawley and the fact that that's an evil entity. So for you to say, and then for you to try to even say that you're the god of music. So, and then let's go into if that's broken down. So, if you're the god of music, that you want to consider yourself the god of music, that's what somebody called you, so you want to just take that, right? So, what happens to the one that is the true angel of music that got casted out, that is reigning, who was given reign over the earth? Because that goes back to this verse right here, because let's go back to that part. Because that part for me, that, let's go, Psalm 83, verse 18, that you, that they may know that you, because my daughter pointed this part out to me, whose name alone is the Lord, but it doesn't say that in my Bible, it says alone is the Lord here in this Bible, are the most high over all the earth, but it doesn't say over the heavens. It says over the earth. And when we look on past, but we, I ain't going to pull up all them scriptures. Okay? What I am going to say is this. It was past said that, it was said in, to me in the past that the angel of music was casted out of heaven. Right. To rule over the earth. Right. And that's who's the God of this earth. Right? Yeah, yeah, correct. That's who's supposed to be the god of this earth, right? That's supposed to be the one that he controls this earth down here. So for you to say the most high over all of the earth, and then when we go back to the Bible that I have where it says Jehovah, and you referencing Jay-Z, a.k.a. might I add, to Jehovah and Jehovah, and you telling people this is what you put up, this is your symbolism, this and all of that, and you, and you know he talking about... Things just take over him and this and that and Same all of these thing things or whatever the case may be or whatever the case yeah. may be. See, these things have to be pointed out. And then the young lady that referenced me to this Bible verse and asked me, what do I think about it? I still have yet to talk to her about that. Um, She's Jehovah's Witness. That part. That part. And then when she was talking to me about, you know, you know, Jehovah Witnesses and how she, you know, they are the true people. They they make sure that they stick together. And no matter wherever you're at in the world, you call them up and they will come get you and they will make sure you eat. They will take care of you. They will make sure that you, you know, because they take care of their people. They make sure that they all look out for one another, you know. If you down and you're not in a good position, you know, you call them up and they're going to come and they're going to help you and they're going to be there for you and they're going to make sure you stay on track and make sure that you get what it is that you're supposed to be getting. Like, I'm not a person, like, I don't, I'm a very open-minded individual, and the reason why it didn't sit with my spirit because it wasn't, it just wasn't right. Like, I didn't really see it for what it was when I first seen it because I kept getting caught up with the Jehovah part and Jay-Z and kept saying, like, oh, wow, like, you know, Jay-Z, don't he, like, 
represent Hova and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to read to you guys um, the article where he breaks down his, um, why does he call himself Hove, Hova and Jigga? Where did he get those nicknames from? And you can find this article on uh, Daily Rap Facts. Uh, just Google it. So we're going to skip down um, to where it says, Jay-Z released Izzo Hova on his sixth studio album, The Blueprint. The line H to the Izzo, V to the Ize is a slang method of spelling out Hova. On the Million and One uh, Questions remix, Jay-Z raps, they they call me J-Hova because the flow is religious. Mm. Young Hova. That part. The flow is religious. Young Hova, the name Hova, it derived from, I would tell people, like, yo, I can make these songs. I don't even write songs down. I I can make these songs in five to seven minutes. And that's just, like, a gift. So they started calling me J-Hova. And that's just how this whole thing started. I don't want to offend too many people for saying J-Hova. I don't want them to think I'm saying I'm God. I know way better than that, young Hova, to recognize that gift that I had. Yeah, because he knows better than that. Because after you didn't summons and you dealing, you're dealing with the angel that was kicked out of heaven. He learned to stop trying to be God because he got kicked out for that. So that's another reason why you're just in his in his image of a physical being and you're no better than to say you God because you already got in trouble for doing that. And that's how I see it. Like you know who you're worshiping. You're not worshiping the heavenly. You're talking heavenly in the heavens. You're not worshiping the heavenly. One that is supposed to be referenced to. That they say we're supposed to reference to. Okay? You're worshiping the one that is the earthly. And that is the one that was given reign. And then the one that is earthly. If he's working. Because they say that he worked through people. So if he's working through you. He knows to make sure. To make sure you say the right things and not the wrong things. That's a fact. And don't and say that you die. We see this with a lot of these celebrities, too. A lot of them talk about alter egos. A lot of them, um, to describe these just these things that just come over them, and they're just able to do it. They don't know how to explain it. Hence, he said, I don't write them down, you know. But when people write, uh, it's, you know, a way to formulate and actually clarify things, you know. You have people who write music. They got to write their music down and make sure the lines. And, you know, he's saying he don't even have to write it down. Therefore, we have to look at that. The same thing with Beyonce, his wife. He says, um, she, she has stated in 2009 video, you can go and search it out. She said, um... Yeah, you know, right before I go on stage, you know, right that moment before, you know, I put it on my heels and then this thing just comes over me. And, you know, that's what does the job. She's like, I wouldn't ever come out here dressed the way I come out during my performances on a regular note. She don't got enough confidence. Yeah, she said she doesn't have it in her. Yeah, she doesn't have enough confidence. Then Oprah asked her, oh, so does Sasha Fierce go home sometimes? She said, yes, on special occasions. Special occasions, we could automatically connect that to rituals. 
Because in special occasions, that's when you start giving things to this demonic entity that's helping you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because the alter ego, like, that. we have to also look at the fact that when we look at, from my perspective of things, when I when I hear, oh, Jay-Z is calling himself uh, J-Hove, Hova, I think of Bohemian Grove. <laughs> yeah, she said that. I think of where the, a place where they congregate and do evil things and, 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 and rituals and stuff of that nature. And not to say rituals are bad, it's the type of ritual. Because people who are spiritual perform rituals. You can't call yourself spiritual if you don't do such things. Even when you think you're not, you are. Yep. Okay, so let's pay attention. Rituals, symbolism, people must educate themselves on those things because they're not aware of the rituals that they're participating in just through supporting their fav- their favorite celebrity and their favorite artist and their favorite rapper who who's going to these other places because this is a part of their contracts. Understand the record labels and all of these play into them. These artists and celebrities, they're looking at, they're just puppets. Mm-hmm. They're puppets operating. And, and, you know, a lot of them, why do you think Kanye West... Let's look at the fact that all these artists, every time they start having mental issues or they start having rants, quote unquote, and stuff, they all dye their hair blonde. Mm-hmm. What's that blonde? Mm-hmm. What's that blonde? That's the symbolism to show everybody else that's in Hollywood. Everybody else in Hollywood, this is what's going to happen. You start doing that rant and shit. You start ranting and raving, we're going to get you in that damn hospital. We're going to bring you down underneath them um, tunnels and shit. We're going to shock the shit out your ass. Do whatever shock treatment, stick some shit in your ass and all kind of torture, whatever, whatever. That people's and, not going to know about. And and yeah, gonna, and then you're you going to straighten up and fly the, fuck out, fly, fly the fuck right when you get the fuck up out of here. I bet you that. Yeah. You're going to look shocked, stalked, fucking scared straight. You see the way the motherfuckers be looking? Stone the fuck out eyes, big as fuck. And then let's talk about why spaced they, out. If, Don't they say the eyes is the window to the soul? Yeah. So why when you look in their eyes? They're not there. <laughs> right. That's not the same person. And see, that's the thing. When we talk about them selling their soul, this is something that also I wanted to talk about. And this is just my perspective, my opinion. We uh, express our opinions and our perspectives on here. My perspective and opinion of when we go down the, the road of them selling souls of, of the aspect of it being metaphoric, um, that these people, they're giving and consenting to giving their energy, the energy of, of themselves, of their soul to these entities in order for uh, fame and riches. That is how I personally take it. So when we go into and that goes so deep because now it's in order for them to get these you know these they go from rags to riches so quickly they have to allow and they have to do initiations and they have to do all of these things which not only physically but spiritually bonds them to this entity yep and i feel like that goes so deep that is Mainly why, especially in a society where we're told, oh, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. Where it's normalized for us to not, yeah, fact, it's normalized for us to not talk about 
especially from my age group, not talking about being spiritually right. A lot of people be like, God, this, God, that. And then they'll say to me, well, how would you say, oh, what you're doing is right or you know what you're doing is correct? You know, we don't know. We don't know. But the thing about it is, is through asking, I shall receive knowledge. Okay. It is meant. It's not easy. It wasn't ever meant. Because if everybody would sit there and seek that knowledge and everybody would go about it that way, it, everybody would know. It would That's be right. very easy. Mm-hmm. But it's not that easy for everyone to do that. And so it takes a very strong mind. It takes from an unseen place, Vicky. Hello. From an unseen place. For the scene. For you to get there to know. Mm-hmm. And even if you feel I'm confident in my belief. That even if I could be wrong, I still know that I'm one with power and force. Mm-hmm. So I don't what's so fear. crazy is like looking at Vicky, it enforces it more. Like we knew this. It's just that we inf- it enforced us more. It gave us more that like, don't be quiet, honey. You got a lot. It's like it's like, you know what it is? When you real, you don't wanna deal with the fake bullshit because at the end of the day it's as if you're giving in and you're not upholding and standing strong on what you you know it that you you want to make sure that you your goals that you're trying to make the goals that you're trying to reach. You don't want no distractions, but even still, there's still things no matter what. Even if you are reaching goals that come into play, and a lot of women, I know there's a lot of women out there that have something to say. There's so many females out there that are doing things right for their children, doing right by their children, trying to make a way. Everything, every image is so sad that it's always, oh, because you got these women out here twerking, and it's always what that's being portrayed or talked about. It's not about how women are out here, and, like, let's talk about how, like, yes, we, there's women out here that are struggling. They're struggling. From an unseen place. Yes. From an unseen place. Because remember, once we was ripped, and I'm sorry to cut you off, from our knowledge, our true practices. You're not cutting me off. Go ahead, mama. Once we was ripped from that, and this is centuries and centuries and centuries of lack of knowledge. That's why I can't get with this glasses ass nigga trying to portray such a bad image on us. And then you got your Tommies, and then you got the rest of these glasses ass niggas, and then you got these people that are so quick to say, well, the woman, the woman, the woman, but want to always portray the man first, and but blame the woman. You want to put so much portrayal on the man and how they support they're the ones that are getting looked at and they they they're the target the, yes they are America's target and at the end of the day yes they are our first line of defense and I agree with everything that she says Vicky let me make sure I say that because they are our <clears throat> they are our first line of defense as far as black women the black man is our first line of defense they are supposed to be protecting us but we have to be their backbone because they do need that strength from the woman, that nurturer, to keep going. And to nurture, it takes wisdom and knowledge. So if our women are not actively seeking our wisdom and knowledge, and, and then we're not educating our men, we're coddling them from young boys. And then also, you have a lot of the situation, our homes are broken. So you have women who are trying to teach and raise strong young men but it's very hard because they are the nurturer. That masculinity... It comes from the male. And it's not there. <clears throat> and then they want to still blame the woman. 
on how that man is coming up or that young boy turning into a man. Turning that young boy turning into a young man turning into a man is being raised. But they won't look at the whole like we're not looking at where it comes from, where it stems roots from. Everything is oh, what's going on right now, and how this is what it is, and why y'all doing this now. And it's them. It's designed that way, just like it's designed for them to be out of the home. It's designed for us to depend on certain things. It's designed for us to be strong the way we are strong. Like that's all I know is to be strong because of the way the design that's put around me. And I can only speak for myself. So. When I hear this stuff that I hear coming from the mouths of these individuals, it's disgusting because they portray all of these things like it's so easy. Relationships ain't easy, and y'all know that. Everybody knows relationships ain't easy. It doesn't matter whether it's a relationship that you're in with a significant other. It matter. It doesn't matter whether you're in a relationship with your mother, your father, your your, your cousin. Your relationships take toll on people. It's all different types of relationships. And they have tricked us into my generation anyway into instead of and don't get me wrong there are a lot of situations and circumstances that is very healthy for for certain people to walk away from because of the damage that is done however moving forward my generation is going off of the notion that we have to now be be emotionless no more emotion just take it all out F everybody and it is what yep. it is. And it's no effort. Yep. There's no effort. There's no no human connection, no human yep. genuine connection. Yep. And is and it's very hard with this technology <coughs> because that is what people are trying to supplement with and wonder why they're so depressed and wonder yep. why they're so stressed and wonder why because they don't take those times out to have those significant talks, spend that time, enjoy, and then some and a lot of the times it's them root from the relationships they have with their parents and this and that. Yes. So these things are not being talked about or nor, and if they are being talked about, there's no actual solutions outside of just F everybody. I'm not trying to hear what you're going to say. Um, but there's no working still take the, right, right. And then it's the still work. It takes time. Nothing's going to change overnight. Mm-hmm. It's still work that's needed to be done. You could right. talk about it because how did, let's talk about how our relationship was able to get to where it is and We've been through different things. Zulan, you just going to knock all that down and do what the hell you doing? And then just, you know, scatter back around. All right. It's okay, though. <laughs> Cat knocked the stuff down. <clears throat> we get back to her. But um, we've been through my... Elegant E is my daughter, and I've gone through different changes with her, but not to the point where it's like, oh, my God, this kid is just so dreadful. Like, I can't deal. I just can't deal. Like, even from young, I've always had um, a a relationship with her where... I tried it to me. Like, when I was young, yeah, she did spend a lot of time with my mother and my sister. But after a certain age of me, you know, realizing, like, you know, and not only that, I was in school. You know, when I first started off, I was going to school. I wasn't hanging out and, you know, over here, over there, but this the one and that one. I had. Orphaning. Yeah. But I had to go to school. Yeah. I had to school and I had to work. So I wasn't only working. I mean, I wasn't only going to school, I was working too. So it was like, and then there, there comes in my mother and my sister taking out the time to, you know, when I wasn't able to be there, be there. 
So that was the times that I was needed, and it was greatly appreciated, but I was needed at home. I was needed to be with my daughter, you know? And like I said, we've been through our differences, but from young, I've always was able to, even still, me doing what I've done and being, uh, you know, agile, because I always had to be doing this, doing that, moving here, moving there, and still being able to hold everything down, I still, you know, took out the time to make sure that I gave her time, you know, like, I would still take her places, I would still do things with her, I would still make sure that I have conversations with her, you know, um, and we went through the teenage things, I found out things that I never knew that crushed me, crushed my whole world. I thought that I would have been able to take that. I, I wouldn't ever thought, first of all, let's just think. I didn't ever think that that happened. That's the first thing. I didn't ever think that that happened. Like, just even, like, we ain't gonna mention it, but it's hurtful. And then we, I was told, and then I had to work on you know, being able to understand it. And then it's like, damn, here we go. I thought that I was preventing something. I was hurt and I was at least, what made me feel better is that even though, you know, I found out the time that I found out, you know, it didn't, I didn't find out later on. Like, I think that's where more things started being more, able to say to me, like, um, I faced, that, that was a hard one, that was like, that was, that was hard, that was hard, but how do you feel about telling me? Um, I felt like, um, it was, uh, like, a great release off my shoulders, and I definitely felt like, after that point, like, even though we had, you know, other things that happened, I was able to be more like open with you about things, you know, like come and talk to you about things. And I feel like that's the biggest thing because like, even though you was always, you you know, you're a parent, you're strict, you know, you gotta be strict. <laughs> um, but even though it's like, you know, that fear is there with the strictness, but because I was always a quiet child. So I was like, yeah, the fear is there, but you always said, you know, you could come talk to me about anything, you know, that constant, even though I felt like I couldn't because it was weighing down on me so much, that constant reiteration eventually worked, you know, that consistency of constantly being like, you know, come give me a hug, I love you, that just that taking that time out to every day, give me a hug every day, I love you, you know, you could always talk to me, come talk to me, you know. That constant reiteration, you know, eventually it worked. So once I was able to, you know, just put that out there, I felt I was able to, you know, be more open with you uh, about a lot of things. Like, I'm more sorry. comfortable. I do apologize. I do. But and I feel like that's a like a conversation that needs to be had because you have a lot of parents that even though they yeah they say you know you have children who say it too but like 
I have certain friends where they don't hug their moms every day. They don't know what it's like for their mom to always every day say, I love you and give them a hug and talk to them every day. Or, you know, just tell them, like, you could talk to me even though they feel like they can't, you know? And that has to be established from young because then, like, when you get older, like, you know, it has that comfortability has to be put there. So even though it was a lot, the fact that my mom is able to get through that and then, you know, still be there for me, it was definitely, you know, very helpful because I could have been, you know, continue acting out and, you know, continue having what I was going through having and not being able to heal from that because I wasn't able to like, you know, let it all, you know, let it out. So I feel like that's a big thing that I normalize it. Yeah, and that's a lot of things that happen, even if it's not, uh, you know, something as serious as the situation that I went through. You have a lot of, I know a lot of my peers who they go through things every day and it could be, oh, you know, something with a boyfriend or something with a significant other and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, you don't know what love is. You don't know what this is. But then, you know, in that same token, when that is said, it's like, oh, but I love you. So how I don't know what love is, you know, you, I love my parent, you know, and, you know, as we get older, we're learning. But it's like you can't because that automatic shutdown. It turns them away. It turns yeah. people away. It's like, well, I can't express how I feel to you because you feel like I don't know what and it is that I'm feeling. Yeah. They feel like they can't express. And I've had numerous peers express that to me. You know, they feel their parents won't ever be able to know who they really are because they can't take it. And that's not, look, look that's why I think a lot of the times I know that, you know, my kids could talk to me and um, I've been more in the realm of being able to be able to be talked to because I feel like I want I want to put myself in a position of understanding because I know. When I was at that point in time, I wasn't born grown. A lot of people walk around like they born grown and shit. Like, they feel like they was freaking young and they went through those same things in life, you know? So when she said certain things, it's like, damn, I remember when I was there. And a lot of people want to remember when they remember when they was there, too. And they want to ignore it because they want to keep that, oh, I'm the adult. So you're going to understand. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're an adult now, but you was a kid. You had to go through the trials of being a kid and, and going through life to become an adult. You went there first before you became an adult. So you want to know what that was like. So it's like people forget and then want to just parent off of being an adult. They want to they don't want to parent off of understanding the child and the points in life because uh, and relating. Like they don't parent off of relating. They just parent off adulting and being an adult. And I try to parent off of relating as well as being an adult. I'm not going to just, I'm just a balance of the two. You know, I'm not going to say, um, well, you don't love, you don't know how to love and you don't know what love is. And like, who am I to say that? You know what I'm saying? She makes a good point. How can I say that you love me and then tell you that you don't know how to love someone else? But not, you, I, I accept the love that you're giving to me. <laughs> you know, and that's not even how I looked at it, but it's a point that needs to be, looked at it needs to be considered because I'm saying that's a young person who's saying it and I'm not I'm pretty sure a lot of other young people that think like that maybe they don't know how to formulate it like that but they feel that way yeah and on top of that like going back to that just taking that time out 
to invest in each other like not only does it work on the parent aspect but it works on the you know the child aspect too because it's an effort both ways and so that's the thing I noticed that even recently like with schooling I started like before you know I just and I started very much lashing out um in a way um looking back that I was acting out because I felt like um, I was being deprived of something that I should have had as far as, you know, that time. I, because my mom is so strict, and I feel like that's one thing that we have to talk about, like, as far as the younger generation, you have to take the time out to learn your parent. You know, take that time out to learn your parent. No one is perfect. Yes, you you know, you, you we look up to our parents and we look at them as role models and we say certain things like, how can you this and how can you that? But we have to learn our parents and know not every decision we may feel is right and know we may not agree with everything, but we should give room to look at it from their perspective. And I feel that also works vice versa because that's where the learning comes in and that being on the same page in any relationship there has you have to be on the same yeah the same page and there is a compromise there's no one's gonna have it all their one way you know so and if as a parent because you're an adult you still shouldn't have to compromise you're automatically setting up that you're gonna you're putting a wall between you and the child and it's the same thing for the child being stubborn and thinking oh my way or the highway and that also we don't talk about the fact of like mother like daughter you know we don't talk about that or you know it works for son too like we don't talk about how certain traits or certain uh, you know uh, what we would consider conflicts of personalities. We don't talk about how that may come out from parents and children and how they can't take that part of themselves. And so they don't even be wanting to deal with the child sometimes. We don't talk about that. <laughs> and we don't also, we don't talk about the fact that parents don't recognize that. They won't recognize that, you know, that could be a certain trait of them that is coming out in that child because, you know, you have, every child is different. Yeah. You know, so we don't, they don't talk about that either. How, you know, that may, you know, they may have had that uh, headstrongness or a certain way about them and how it may come out in the child and how to work around that and, you know, using their ability to relate. Because sometimes, if, even if you're able to relate, it doesn't mean you're always able to get that exact perspective that they're talking about or understand. You know, it may be different from what you went through, but given that room to just hear and and give room for what those, you know, what's being put out there, how can you work from that? That is a lot. You know, those solutions, we got to start talking about solutions and how can we start fixing uh, certain relationships. And even if we feel we can't, you know, fix the relationship to be on speaking terms, how can we heal as adults from that? And how can we heal as younger people? from that because then you still have a void that you're going and trying to fill that is not being filled because of that missing link so how can you heal from that so it doesn't spill over into your other relationships a lot of my peers have parent problems and so when we look at that it affects their direct relationship with the opposite sex too yeah. Yeah. and then we wonder why they have so many excuse me um relationship issues it's so much like but it's a generational thing too because their parent 
probably has parent problems. Mm-hmm. 